I'm Katie McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. As we've done this series on liturgical living, I usually record the intros for the various episodes, even though they were interviewed and recorded weeks, maybe even months before the episode actually airs. I try to record the intros the week of or a couple weeks before. You just never know what's going to be going on in the world. You never know the way that various things are going to unfold or maybe something happens or all sorts of different reasons. We try to record parts of it in real time. And over the past 10 days or so, a couple of weeks by the time you hear this, there's been a lot of tragedy and suffering in our world. Israel attacked, civilians used as human shields in Gaza, a lot of sadness and heaviness, weariness that has been constantly on the news and available to scroll through on our phones, a heaviness that has settled upon a lot of people as we watch and as we wonder and as we pray and as we try to navigate. I was struck by the way that Catholics very vocally immediately took to prayer in the midst of this horrible tragedy, denouncing evil where evil needs to be denounced asking questions where questions need to be asked, offering support and solidarity where it is needed and necessary. But that there have been, by the time this airs, a day of fasting and prayer called for by the Cardinal Patriarch in Jerusalem, Cardinal Pizzaballa, and this coming week, a day of fasting and prayer and penance asked for by Pope Francis. That in the midst of tragedy, the church turns to what the church knows how to do, which is to participate in the life of the church and go to God in prayer. Not because the prayer is necessarily going to change God, but because it changes us. And there's something really profound about that. That as Catholics, we can take to a moment of prayer and fasting. We can light the candle. We can pull out the rosary beads. We can sit in the heaviness and the silence and reflect. That, dare I say, the rhythms of our liturgical year prepare us for these moments of, of, let's call it, spontaneous tragedy and sorrow. That in the middle of ordinary time, we can enter into penance because we know what penance looks like because of Advent and Lent. That in the midst of we're, we're rushing through October and there's all these saints on the calendar and we're running into November where we celebrate All Saints Day, maybe we can turn to some saints to ask them to pray for us, to ask them to show us their own holiness in the moments that are, are very, very hard to grapple with and ponder. Liturgical living is often a great expression of joy, and it's an opportunity to do things within your family and on your own and within life that bring your faith integrated into every facet of your life. But that also liturgical living can kind of be an anchor in what seems to be a storm. When the horrible, horrible terrorist attacks on October 7th unfolded, we woke up on October 8th and saw the news and were reading the reports. We went to Mass on Sunday morning, all of that information kind of coming in still very piecemeal. And uh, my youngest was overhearing my husband and I talk about what what had happened and what we were seeing on Twitter, and she didn't fully understand what we were saying, and, and she was curious and and she heard me say that that children had been killed. And she piped up from the back seat and she went, who died? 
We should pray for them. That was her immediate response. Who died? We should pray for them. And I reminded her, don't listen to what mommy and daddy are saying. We'll tell you if we need to talk to you and (laughs) tried to make sure that she wasn't just jumping into our conversations, but maybe we shouldn't have been talking about something so heavy in front of her in the first place. It's neither here nor there now. But that innocent childlike faith, well, we should pray for them. And we got home and Catholic Family Crate, who we interview today on the show, Elise Trippigan, who founded Catholic Family Crate and who was able to share with us the story of Catholic Family Crate. One of the products that that Catholic Family Crate has produced that my children love is this prayer card ring that's got all these incredible prayers of the church. And there's this really great graphic on the front and the prayer on the back and Rose is learning how to read and the prayer card ring is up on our rosary wall in our kitchen and she walked right over to it and she grabbed it as soon as we got home from church. And she said, I'm going to my room to pray. And she walked off and she went to her room and she closed the door and pray she did. Now, I don't think she fully knew what she was praying for or why we were so distressed in those moments, but it was something really beautiful to be reminded of. And it was a resource from Catholic Family Create, a resource that has been given to us by a company who is designed and, and exists to help people live their faith more fully in their homes. It was a it was a resource from them that I think really got her to that place. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I felt that was worth sharing. In this final episode of our Liturgical Living series, we've talked about so much over the past few weeks. We've talked about the reasons behind liturgical living and the point of it and the way that we can incorporate it and the value and the challenges and all the different things that exist to really help us dive into liturgical living. It's been a real joy to get to have these conversations. And and I wanted to end our season on a very practical note. Here's something you can go subscribe to now that helps you liturgically live. And here's the story of how that all came about. We're super grateful that you've spent this time with us on Ave Explorers this season. We're really proud of what we've created. You can check out everything we've ever done for Ave Explorers over on AveMariaPress.com. Tons of episodes, great, great guests, an incredible list of resources. We'd also love it if you'd give our show a rating and a review here at the end of the season, maybe share it with some friends and family. The episodes are kind of timeless. They, they exist in a way where you could hopefully listen to them anytime. And hey, just as a little heads up, listen to this whole episode. At the end, you'll get a discount code for Catholic Family Great, and we'll tell you about what's coming next for Ave Explorers. But for right now, sit back and listen to the story of Catholic Family Great. We know that you're going to love it. Alyssa, welcome to Ave Explorers. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about who you are. I'm a a longtime fan of yours and namely the fun little boxes that arrive at my house every month. And my kids know those are mommy's Catholic boxes. Don't touch them until she says you can. Tell us who you are and and what you do and and what Catholic Family Crate is all about. Okay. So I'm Alyssa Tippergan. I'm a mom of four, live in Denver, and I'm the founder of Catholic Family Crate. And we started about five years ago um, in my own mission to live liturgically, but simply. (laughs) And it seemed overwhelming to navigate all these ideas and recipes and coloring pages and traditions and stuff on Pinterest and Instagram and Google. And I was talking to my sister who was also having her first child and trying to figure out like, okay, how do we balance teaching the faith with changing diapers and all the busy things Mm. that happen with a kid. And I just kept telling her, I wish it just arrived at my door. Like, why do I have to do all this research? Like, hasn't somebody done this research Mm -hmm. and they could just deliver it every month? And she was like, 
Well, like a subscription box. And Katie, I had never even heard of a subscription box. I had no <laughs> idea what they were. And um, she kept telling me like, oh, there's wine of the month. There's shaving, you know, razors yeah. of the month. You can get anything delivered every month. And so I said, oh, great. Then I'll just find the Catholic one to buy. And it did not exist. <laughs> and so I spent about a year continuously, like every once in a while, the idea would pop up in my head and I would be like, that somebody has come out with this. And I Google it again and still no solution. <laughs> and so I finally, it was evident in my prayer, like, okay, maybe you're being called to like provide this solution for people. And I always joke that like, it was like, I said yes to God in such a simple way. Mm -hmm. And then those yeses have snowballed over the years into this really big thing that is way bigger than I would have ever committed to if God had like showed me the full plan at the beginning. <laughs> um, so we started out as a very traditional subscription box where we were sourcing products from different companies mm -hmm. and putting them in a box and you would get, you know, here's, you know, 10 different products from 10 different companies for Advent. It's all there for you and it's all researched. But I quickly realized that I couldn't find almost any of the products I wanted, mm -hmm. or I couldn't find them that were high quality enough. Like I would order a sample from someone and I'm like, this looks like it was printed on a home printer and laminated. Like I just wanted high quality stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we quickly started just creating some of our own products. And um, now it has turned into where we completely create everything from scratch. And we're just really trying to revolutionize all these materials for Catholic kids so that they have things that are like high quality and affordable and parents can trust that they're good quality um, and there's no heresy in them. So we have a theological <laughs> editor and, and all that good stuff. So anyways, that's kind of the long story for where we got, where, where we are. Yeah. I, I love that a little yes becomes something that has, I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'll test if I'm a paying customer of Catholic family crate. I have the seasonal subscription. I have the monthly subscription it comes to my house and it does exactly what you say. It it gives busy people or even like not so busy people, like maybe you just don't have the bandwidth to do all that research or to create all those various things. I, I want to go back to though, like why you wanted that in the first place. Like you wanted to create something that made liturgical living easy, but why did you want liturgical living to be a part of your home? Like why did you want something for your kids, especially we've had a lot of conversations this season about the purpose of it. I want to hear your, mm -hmm. like what piqued your interest about it? This is why I want this to exist. This is how I'm going to teach the faith to my kids. Yeah. So like in a very, I mean, there's, there's obviously like deep reasons behind it, but the very simple thing was that I um, had moved to a new town and was all of a sudden going to this parish with families that were like so on fire for their faith. Mm. And like, you could see a visible difference in like how these families treated each other and how they acted. And, um, and I was just so inspired by like these people who were not just making their faith, like something that happened on Sunday, but making it like, they really were building a Catholic culture in their homes and it seeped into everything that they did. And I was just, you know, pregnant mom at the time and then a new mom. And I was just like 
this is what I want for my children. Like Mm. I want them to have the love of Jesus and their faith surrounding everything they do. And not just something that's like, okay, we're turning it on for an hour on Sunday, you know? So for me, it was really just like building this culture of like friendship with the saints and getting into the rhythms of the church so that it was like something that was with us 24 seven and not just, you know, for one season um, or for one day of the week. Such a great answer. You know, you said that, like, I want these things, this Catholic culture, and it it triggered this memory. Years ago, my mom, we had a babysitter, like my parents were going on a date night and we had a babysitter. And I remember her taking us upstairs. My sister and I had rooms on the opposite end of the hall with a bathroom in the middle. And there was a crucifix on the wall above the bathroom because that was just like the center point of the hallway, like not because we thought it was a Catholic bathroom. And I distinctly remember the babysitter saying, oh, I love it when people have Catholic stuff in their house. And I, I I, asked my mom when she came home, like the next morning, I was like, is Gina Catholic? And she was like, yes. I was like, that was an odd, like, and I told her what she said. And she was like, she has, I guarantee she has a crucifix in her house. But it was like this visible, visual thing. Yes. My teenage babysitter saw it and like made a comment about it. And I remember her making a comment about it. And it's like, that kind of always stuck with me. Like, oh yeah, we're going to have Catholic stuff in our house. And my husband calls my my decoration style Catholic clutter because it's like you, you can see my office right now. Like how many Catholic things are in your line of vision in this moment, including Great. a Catholic family crate bag hanging on the door yes. of my office that I swiped from my children because I was like, no, this one's mine. I get to keep this one. Yes. Was that something you grew up with? Like, did you have Catholic culture in your family? And so that's why you wanted to impart it to your kids. Is it something maybe you wanted more of, but maybe your folks didn't know how? Yeah, it was definitely something I I feel bad sometimes. I'm like, oh, I don't want to harp on old mom and dad because they really (laughs) did a great job. But yeah, I think it was something that we had little glimpses of. Mm -hmm. Like we had glimpses of Advent. We had glimpses of Lent. And we, you know, we had like a holy water fount at the front door so we could bless ourselves. We had, you know, crucifixes, probably one in every room kind of thing, like over every major doorway. Um, maybe not in the bathroom, but like over the bedrooms <laughs> yeah. and the living room and stuff like that. So it was like, I would say it was a part, but I like had never seen it done quite so well as I saw it done here in the Archdiocese of Denver. <laughs> I think it's mm. just kind of a special diocese in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah. so that was what really drew me in was like, oh, I want more of this. And I don't, you know, I went to Catholic schools and so I knew about the saint that the school was named after, the church was named after, but Mm -hmm. beyond that, we didn't really like learn about the saints or, or anything like that. So I felt just kind of, that was part of it was like that, that when I became a mom myself, it was all new. Mm. Like I had been a cradle Catholic, but like, I didn't know, I wasn't like you know, Catholic enough to know about all the saints to teach my kids. So then it felt like I need to be learning this and teaching you guys at the same time. Like, how can I do this? Yeah. So Catholic Family Create was really born out of my desire. Like it it educates me as much as it does my children. Yeah. And that was something that I love so much about it. And that's one thing that's very specific about our art and everything we do is that we really want it to be for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you stole that bag from your daughter. 
Like that's what we want. We want like mom and dad to have things that they're excited about yeah. too. We don't want it to just be this kind of like kid feeling thing. That's like, oh, here's a bunch of junk for you guys. Right. We right. want it to be things that mom is like, this is beautiful. I'm yeah. going to put it up on the fridge. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to like frame it and put it, display it front and center. Yeah. We want it to be, because really the whole family needs to be excited and engaged in the faith. It doesn't just need to be the kids. We yeah. all need constant like catechizing and converting ourselves. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love that. Like there's a, there's a component of liturgical living where I'm teaching, I'm instructing, but I'm also learning and I'm, I'm growing in my own faith. Everybody's on this journey together. Tell us a little bit about like what y'all actually create. You know, we say liturgical living, we can talk about feast days. We can talk about, you know, a specific moment in the life of the church, the seasonal, you know, you, you guys have these magnets that just announce what the liturgical season is. And so next to our family calendar from our holy home, we interviewed them a couple episodes, it says ordinary time. Like my kids see it right there. And then they see it when it's changed over. But it it started with like Saint Feast Days. How did y'all expand? How did y'all start to offer the incredible things that y'all have? Like the, the mass ring where a kid can flip through the parts of the mass or the Stations of the Cross, which like we use on display all throughout the season of Lent. Tell us kind of that growth story. <laughs> Well, it's sort of like every time we have a box that, well, so we have, first of all, we have, people are always like, how do you come up with the ideas? And I'm like, ideas are not our problem. (laughs) It's the time to execute them. We have a spreadsheet with hundreds of ideas, Katie. Yeah. And it's all just some of it's stuff that people wrote in and told us. So, you know, if anybody ever has, if you have ideas of stuff you wish you had, um, or listeners have ideas of products that they wish they had. We are always happy to add those to our list, but a lot of it is just like, we have a team of mainly moms. So our writers, theologians, illustrators, and um, we have our one, like we call them our one token dad, um, (laughs) who they just, we just all get together and we brainstorm, like, what are the things that we wish we had for our kids? And that is really a never ending list of ideas. (laughs) Mm. So that's kind of how it started. And then we sort of just pick, you know, when to roll out which idea. So obviously for like times like Advent, it's, we focus on like, okay, our Advent ideas, but it's all things that like, we're all busy parents. Mm -hmm. So it's all things that are easy that don't take, um, like we always say, like, we don't want it to be messy, right? Mm -hmm. We want it to be like fast and easy so that even the busiest family can dive in because it doesn't, doesn't require hours to, to live your faith. Like you can do it in small pockets of time Mm -hmm. after homework and soccer practice and all the things. Um, so we're constantly thinking about like, okay, what can families use to make it easy, to make it fast, to make them not have to bake for five hours. Like I'm not a baker. So like liturgical (laughs) living that requires baking, that's not going to happen. I make a cake for Christmas and my husband's birthday. And that is like it. Everybody else is Costco cake. The most I make these days are, uh, we make St. Knickerdoodle cookies. That's like the only baking liturgical. I've already mentioned that twice this season. So everybody now is going to start making St. Knickerdoodle cookies, but that's it. That's all I've got time for. Yes. But you guys, in one of your boxes, you had cupcake inserts. Like, for, yes. what is it for? The the Assumption, the Annunciation, the... We've done them for several things. I think it was so the Ascension I used them. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's... I can make a box of cupcakes. <laughs> and now yes. they're Jesus cupcakes, you know? But you know what? I don't even put mine in cupcakes. I no? just put them in apple slices. Oh, or wow. Or a sandwich. Or like whatever we're eating that yeah. day. 
I just throw it in and it's like a fun way to make it festive. Yeah. No baking required. I love it. That's genius. Yeah. So we just try to make it easy and we try to make it fun. Um, we try to do as much stuff that like the kids can do on their own because mm-hmm. I know like, you know, in my mind, it's like we have this time to sit around and talk about the faith and stuff. But some days it's just like, can I find something for them to do while I make dinner in peace? Yeah. You know? And so a lot of our things are things that like, I'll just sit in front of my kids and, you know, keep them entertained for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we're like, great. You were, you were not in front of a screen. Right. You were doing something and learning about Jesus. <laughs> and I got to make dinner. Yeah. When I think too, like you also have some resources that encourage the prayer component. Like there's the activity component. I, I, I'm remembering one that we did last year for, St. Joseph's feast day where it was like the St. Joseph's tool belt and you got Mm -hmm. to make the tool belt. And again, it was like a 20, 30 minute activity for my kid. My sister came over godmother to my oldest. And so it was like, all right, godmother, go do the Jesus thing while I think I was cooking dinner. But then also you guys have like resources to help families pray the daily examine Alexio Divina pad. What's the value of really like showing families, Hey, this is, this is doable. Like this is not something overly complex but is actually the way that we teach the faith. What are some of those success stories? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we hear a lot from, from customers. Like, I mean, we, we kind of have a huge range, like we'll have grandparents who will buy our products and give to grandchildren whose parents maybe aren't raising them in the faith at all. And they feel like less, um, threatening than like, here's a Scott Hahn book for you to read, you know, like I love Scott Hahn. Yeah. But like, but Rome that might be home might, it's not the easiest, you know? Right. For people who aren't having been a church in 10 years, you know? So we got this one story recently from a, a mom and her grandma, and she had bought the subscription box for her daughter's family and her daughter was not practicing anymore, but it, it, it wasn't like too threatening because it's Mm -hmm. fun and it's easy. And like, it requires, it can require parent involvement, but it also can just be something fun for the kids. And so all of a sudden it piqued the grandkids interest. They were six-year-old twins, piqued the grandkids interest in Catholicism. And they started learning Hail Mary, the Our Father, the Glory Be, all this stuff and asking their mom a lot of questions. Well, flash forward, it's like now the whole family's back at church. They're on fire with their faith. They've got four kids now. Like, it's like everything has just really turned around and it, you know, you don't know like what seed it's going to be that plants it. But I think one of the things that I think about too, is like, I, our design is very appealing Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And so it feels like, I feel like it draws people in who maybe aren't that interested in their faith right now to be like, wait a minute, like, this is kind of cool. And then they start digging into it and it's like, wait, this feels different than the Catholic stuff I'm used to. And it's like Catholic stuff. It's still cool. It's always been cool. Like, but it's kind of invigorating and opening up a new, you know, group to a new group of people. And then we have, um, lots of cradle Catholics who are in the same boat as me, where they're just like, they they don't know how to talk to their kids about these topics, maybe are learning themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I met with a dad the other day. He was in seminary for eight years and he was like, you know, had a PhD in theology and stuff, but he was like, I don't know how to break it down to my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to talk to my five-year-old. Right. So he's like, I love using your resources because we can 
just talk about things and it gives me the tools and the language to use with a small child. Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, you just said something like it's very non-threatening. It's very invitational. I think like by definition, the liturgical year is that way. Like most yes. people's encounter with the liturgical year is that big circle calendar that you buy for $5.99 at the Catholic bookstore. That's very strange looking if you don't know what you're looking at, but like actually Advent, Lent, certain particular feast days, like for, for centuries was very culturally kind of embedded in our society. And I've, I've noticed, and I'll make reference to my, my sister-in-law is disaffiliated from the church and they go to a Protestant church in Nashville. And the first time we ever went to visit them, we went to their church after we went to Sunday mass and it was right before it was at Thanksgiving and they had these Advent devotionals out and I like did a double take. So I was like, wait a second, are the Protestants doing Advent now? And I like made a comment to Tommy about it. And he was like, I mean, it makes sense. Like you prepare for, it's like, we've been doing that forever. Like we, we started that, like that's our thing. But how like right. even the liturgical year is attractive to the person who's out of the church because it makes sense. And that's what I love about y'all's, y'all's products. And, and really like, I think the philosophy you're teaching people is like this Catholic culture makes sense it doesn't have to be scary and intimidating. It can be something very accessible. Right. Tell us a, a little bit about, you guys have some incredible free resources. I know, I don't want anybody to think we're just like sales pitching a subscription box. So you should definitely buy it and she'll give us a discount code in a little bit. But like I, every year at the beginning of the school year, I'm that weird mom that's like, hey, here's all the Catholic things that I found this summer. And I just the other day emailed the free resource page. Like, here's a download page for the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And here's one for the Works of Mercy. And like, if my kid has to color something, let's do these. How do you yes. guys create some of these accessible resources that are totally free that can be used in schools and homeschooling classrooms? Like, how, how do you figure out what you want to talk about with those? I guess it's like everything else. Like I just said, like, we just are like, what do we wish we had? <laughs> um, and that our list is so long for that too. Like we have a bunch of them, but I'm always like, can we create more? And we just have to kind of figure out how to fit, fit it in with all the rest of the workload. But we do, we really want, and I know we've talked a lot about the business, which is funny because I, I wasn't even prepared to talk really about the business at all. <laughs> I was prepared to talk in general about like liturgical living and how to make it simple because we try to be a resource to people, but really we have a ton of free resources because we want this to be something that's accessible to all families. Mm -hmm. Um, And even it was funny because I got asked to speak about something and they were like, well, but like, we're talking to like older people. They don't need to know about liturgical living. And I'm like, yes, they do. Yeah. This is not just for kids. Um, this is not like a kid thing. So we have lots of free resources. And one of our most kind of popular ones that fits into this is just a worksheet called Building a Catholic Culture mm -hmm. at Home. And it's like a very actionable, I am like a very action-oriented person in case you can't tell <laughs> to pull all this off. But um it goes through like, these are the steps, our three steps to start living liturgically. Like you haven't done anything before. Here are three steps that we recommend. The first one is to dive into the liturgical season. Um, and I always say like, it's so good to start small and to build sustainable habits. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like in our culture, it feels so like you just got to go all out and you got to start celebrating Advent with like a hundred things. And it's like, <laughs> no, like, I mean, just play Advent music the first year, yeah. you know? And if that's all you do, like your kids are going to remember 
hearing Advent music during Advent or, or even if you don't have kids at home, you don't need to like have kids at home to do these things. And so basically my whole philosophy and what we've done, what I've done in my home is like, just start small. And I just try to do like one thing a season Mm -hmm. and I make sure that it's something that's like doable and sustainable. And then when it feels like just second nature, and oftentimes, like you had said earlier, before we were talking, like your kids will remember these things and then they start really taking the lead. Right. And you don't really have to do much. Like they remember like, oh, we're going to hang this magnet up on our refrigerator. And that's why I love, like you mentioned our liturgical magnets. That's one thing I love because it's literally like, it takes half a second. Yeah. You put a magnet up and it tells everybody, this is the season yeah. and this is the color. And maybe that's all you can do that year. But it's literally dictated what my child wears to church. Oh, it's green. That doesn't mean you have to wear green. Well, it's that's what the priest is wearing. It's like, well, at least she knows that that's the, the color. Like that right there, she'll never forget. They wear pink one day during Advent and they wear green a few weeks later. It's little stuff right. like that. What's that second step? Because I, I love this, right? How do we build oh, this Catholic yep. culture? Yeah. So the second step. So like I say, like, just focus on the seasons. So there's six seasons first. Once you feel like, okay, I feel like we're good with what we're doing there. Then I think the second step is to celebrate the baptismal anniversaries. Mm. And so that one is super easy to do. Um, And it can literally be as simple as just acknowledging that it's your child's baptismal anniversary. Like you don't have to have a fancy dinner or plan a dessert, but just saying like, today is special. Like you were baptized. Happy baptismal anniversary, Rose. Like that's that's all you have to do. We light the candle. And then it feels weird blowing it out, but we light the candle. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, And then the third step I would say is celebrating feast days. And I I don't mean like every feast day in the whole world. I just mean like celebrate the special ones to your family. Mm -hmm. So um, whether that's like a saint your children are named after, um, like my child loves St. George. No one in our family is named after St. George, but St. George is like a national holiday at the (laughs) Tipperton House because he loves St. George. Yeah. And so it can, again, be as simple as just like acknowledging like happy feast day. Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't have to be anything um, crazy. Uh, There's tons of like free, we have a bunch of them ourselves, but there's tons of free like St. Coloring pages. So it could just be like printing out a free St. Coloring page on that day. For the baptismal anniversaries, we do have a whole like baptismal anniversary printable for free. So that's fun. Like you can just print out, you know, coloring pages or activities for whatever age group kid you have on there. Even just having like a special plate, like we kind of try to treat them just like a birthday, maybe not like, but like where they they get the special plate out and three times a year it comes out for their birthday, for their baptismal anniversary, and then for their, their feast day. Right. So yeah, it really doesn't have to be hard. And I think, you know, seeing what other moms are doing on Instagram and stuff can be really disheartening to those of us that don't have those skills but it really doesn't have to be anything crazy I think just any little memories that you can you know start Mm -hmm. really helps a lot you know yeah when I think it's something like I, I was having this conversation with my mom the other day we um when we were kids she started this like weird and I say weird it wasn't weird, but at the time it like kind of came out of nowhere. I was in, I think middle school when she started it, maybe a little younger where we'd wake up every morning of Advent 
and there would be something at our door, like a little treat, like a Tootsie Roll or an eraser. And like, of course, years later, I knew that it was my mom going to the Dollar Tree and like getting a bunch of stuff for probably like 20 bucks. But at the time, I was like, where did this come from? And she would just like act all coy, like, oh, I don't know, like maybe an elf or maybe, you know, maybe. And then like, as we got a little older, we obviously knew it was her. But then we noticed that like, there was an, an intentionality. It'd start really small, like a, a little candy at the door or an eraser or a pencil. And then it was like, by December 20th, it was like a $5 bill. And like, they oh, were wow. getting, yeah. they were getting bigger. Like the gift itself was getting bigger. And then obviously Christmas morning, you wake up and there's gifts downstairs. And so I went to college and she called me one day and she said, hey, this giant box just got delivered to the post office. And like the way the post office was at our university, I was going to have to walk like this long distance with this giant box. And she said, I'm so sorry. Please don't be mad at me. But inside she had wrapped like I was going to be like before I got home for the end of the semester, like two weeks worth of these like little tiny for me and my roommate. Like she took Aww. it so seriously, like this little tradition. And I have like never forgotten. And it wasn't like liturgical living specifically, but it, it was in the sense of like she was building up that anticipation and the excitement for like Christmas is coming. And so we do that with our kids now. And it's like that generationally something that was done for me is now something that I'm doing for my children. Like I think the same thing can be said for liturgical living mm -hmm. and like whether it's the subscription box that I'm going to have as long as as they are kind of like eligible for it. And it works for us. Like maybe someday they'll subscribe or like they'll remember these activities and be able to do these things with their own families at the very least, like it shows them there's an anchor in this church. You're speaking about how like you wanted these resources for your family. You wanted this Catholic culture to be created. Here's ways that we can do it. What is your word of encouragement for folks who like maybe you're intimidated by it? Like this all sounds great, but I don't even know where to begin. Like, yes, these are great, simple steps, but just like your elevator pitch to them to really give it, you know, the good college try. Well, so I guess the first thing I would want to remind people of is that the church lives liturgically at mass. Mm -hmm. So you're already living liturgically by just attending mass. And so I think there's a lot of pressure to do all these other things too, which is great and can be great. But I want people to find consolation in the fact that like the most important thing is that you get yourself and your family to mass and that in and of itself is liturgical living. Mm. And then anything you do outside of that is meant to like enrich the experience at mass. And you can start small. Like it really doesn't have to be big. And like you said, I just want to expand on this a second too. One of the reasons I say to start with the liturgical seasons is that often if you really examine, you're already doing things for those. Yeah. You might just need to like reword it or tweak it. So maybe it's, that a lot of times it's like you have to shift when it happens, right? So say you're doing, you know, you might be doing a lot of Easter stuff during Lent. Well, you could just do all those same fun traditions, mm -hmm. move them to the Easter season, and you're like living liturgically. Yeah. Same with Advent and Christmas. So we save like our gingerbread decorating house to the Christmas season. It's also great because everything's 50% off the day after Christmas. So you can <laughs> save so a lot true. of money by doing that. But it's so true. I would say like you, our culture really has all these traditions mm -hmm. that are rooted in these seasons. And if we really pay attention to what we're doing, you might not even have to do anything extra. Yeah. You might be doing it. You just don't realize it. Right. And like your mom, like you can now tell your kids, like we're doing this because of Advent, yeah. because we are getting closer to Jesus's birth. 
That's yeah. And it's the same tradition, just like with a more adventy focus. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was joking with uh, a guest in the earlier seasons like, yeah, you you go into Target during Advent and you're going to see nativity sets like they're celebrating without even realizing like they're getting us ready for the season. You don't walk into Target and see like Lenten decorations, but, you know, you find some purple candles and you make it work. You can, you yes. can expand it as you need to. What is uh, this is our last question for all of our guests this season. Do you have I'll, I'll tweak it a little bit for you. I'll give you a two parter. Do you have a favorite liturgical season and activity and do you have a favorite product that you guys have created in the Catholic Family Crate lineup that that really just like this was your favorite it had to be made because this is the thing that you've been looking forward to so that's a good question that's really hard I like we I love our Jesse tree resources but probably our stations of the cross so I would say Lent and our stations of the cross I like always love the season of Lent because it's just like such a good time I feel like personally to like Heart and reset. Um, and our Stations of the Cross was one of the first products that we created because I couldn't find mm. what I wanted. Like I didn't want cartoon Jesus <laughs> being crucified. <laughs> um, and I didn't want something that was like too difficult for my kids to understand. So we have two products for that. One is like the flashcards, they're like five inches by seven inches, and we hang them up as garland. Mm-hmm. Um, above our dining room table is kind of where we have space for, um, you know, like a long garland. I just hang them up with clothespins. And then like, we are not, we have four kids under the age of eight. We're not ready for like doing the whole stations of the cross in one Friday evening. So I just pull one a day and at breakfast, we read through that one station. And then the next day we do the next station. So then takes us two weeks to get through all of the stations, but it's like our decoration. And it's also like, we're going through them Mm -hmm. gradually in a way that's sustainable for us in our current state of life. And then we also have the stations of the cross in a flip ring. So it's like a a nice purse size. Um, It's really small and they're hole punched on a ring. And so my kids each have a set And so they can flip through those on their own. And then I've taken like the older kids to Stations of the Cross. I wish they would do like an earlier time. Yeah, yeah, 7 p.m. on Fridays. Very sacrificial for toddlers, (laughs) for the parents to take a toddler. So, but like I've taken my older kids and they'll bring those. Um, We also like to go to like an outdoor Stations of the Cross on Good Friday and they bring their own little flip rings. Mm. And so it's just really nice because they have like something that they can like fidget with. Yeah. And have those visual reminders. So yeah. that's probably what I would say. Uh, your Stations of the Cross are, are some of my favorites. But we do the same thing. I hang them on a garland in front of our mantle. We have two sets. So the other set lives on the kitchen table. And we'll flip through them. Six and three. So, you know, it uh, it, it, it it's penitential. But it, it invites you into the season for sure. Where can we find all things Catholic Family Crate? I think you guys might have a discount code for our listeners. Yes. So we're at catholicfamilycrate.com and all of our social media handles are just at Catholic Family Crate. And we have a discount code set up for 20% off. That's for our subscriptions and um, all of our products. And it's Aave Explores. So Aave Explores for 20% off. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's always great to chat with people who 
are doing amazing things in the church that my family has directly benefited from. So thank you for making all of this stuff. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for being such a big fan, Katie. Once again, such an incredible story, incredible resources. I uh, I am a, a hand to God. I absolutely love, 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 love everything that Catholic Family Crate has made, has created. Uh, that's really a, a great gift to my family, and I know it'll be a great gift to yours as well. Now, when we wrap up uh, a season of Ave Explorers, I always try to kind of reflect. Here's what we've learned. Here's what's coming next. The thing that I've been so struck by with this specific liturgical living theme of this season of Ave Explorers is how eminently practical it is. The resources, the products that you can buy, the suggestions of books, even just the ideas from within the conversation. Living the Seasons, Erica Ty Campbell's book, which is brand new from Ave Maria Press and is absolutely beautiful. I've been using it in my home since the second it arrived, including garnering ideas from it for our annual Saints party, which we've been throwing for a couple of years now and is so much fun with our neighborhood and with our friends. But one of the really cool things about this series is that it's just the start. Living the Seasons is just really the tip of the iceberg. The resources from Catholic All Year, the resources from Catholic Family Create, the socks from Catholic Concepts and the calendar and all the incredible things that they, they make and all the stuff that we've talked about, these ideas that have hopefully planted in your head. It really is endless resources. And I hope that you use this as, as a challenge, as an inspiration, as a help, as a prompt to just start. Start small. Advent's coming up. Get an Advent wreath, get Advent candles. Or if you have the Advent wreath, you have the Advent candles, color this year your Jesse tree symbols. Or get that devotional book that you can keep on the family table. Or have a conversation with your kids' teachers at the Catholic school or in your Catholic homeschool co-op or you know wherever your kids are being educated about ways that maybe you can enter more slowly into Christmas. That's the next season coming up, right, Advent? And here at Ave Explores, we want to make sure that everything we create for you is always helpful. And so for the past couple of years, and we've really gotten into the rhythm of doing it, Because of Ave Explorers, Father John Burns and Sister Miriam James Heidland wrote incredible, incredible resources, incredible, incredible Advent reflection books. And so this year, Father Agustino Torres, Franciscan Friar of the Renewal and one of my dear friends, is the author of the brand new Prepare Your Heart, a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation. It's all about diving into the hidden quiet life of Nazareth and finding Nazareth in our hearts as we prepare for the season of Advent and as we get ready for the season of Christmas. It's a beautiful book. It comes in both English and Spanish. You can grab copies of it now, including bulk copies for an entire parish community, which I highly, highly recommend. And we're going to, of course, be doing a deep dive series on Ave Explorers all about the themes of the book, featuring some incredible voices and some incredible guests, including Father Agostino himself. Make sure you're subscribed to this show. Follow us over on our website. Sign up for our emails. Grab a copy of Prepare Your Heart now and get ready to really dive into the Advent season with a lot of intentionality here at Ave Explorers. As always, we're so grateful that you listened to our season. It's a great joy to get to walk with you on this journey. Thanks so much for learning all about liturgical living with me. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to pop into your ears a few weeks at a time to really dive into these topics. It's a great joy. It's one of my favorite projects to get to work on. So much fun and incredibly helpful for me as well. Know that we're praying for you and we look forward to seeing you at the start of our Ave Explorers Advent series. The first episode will be coming out the first week of Advent. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you soon.